Let's go. Escobar on the beat. King Legend Talks. Fire Radio. 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 King Legend Talks. Theater is what let me know um, 
I, I was a, I've always enjoyed the interaction or the response from doing live performance. And so making the transition from theater into stand-up, mm -hmm. I was able to get the same vibe from theater with doing stand-up. Stand-up is just like a one-man a, a one play anyway, a one-man act anyway, or whatever. Right. So theater was my was what I was coming from. Stand-up let me know that I could do the same thing. And so that was, I felt like stand-up was my first, uh, was my real voice as right. far as an artist. And so I ain't want to be verbose about this, but that's kind of the, that's just a quick story of how I even got into stand-up. But yeah, I come from stand-up, man. Absolutely. You know, I think that's pretty cool because you kind of was able to to realize you can be versatile with the tools that you have, the gift that you have. And then it kind of bridged on to the acting, you know. Yeah. So I know you from L.A. You know, uh, what was it like growing up for you? Man, I, um, yeah, from South Central L.A., I was, um, I stayed next door to some Crips. And I stayed five houses down from another set of Crips. And uh, I, I, so I grew up in the in the, in the crib neighborhood, or for those who, who don't know culturally, it was out the loop. I stayed in an area where they only wear blue, so I didn't I didn't even wear the color red until I was like my first time really wearing red was maybe like twenty two when I was wow. twenty two or something like that in my twenties because you just you just culturally didn't think about it, but that's just what it was. Um, mm -hmm. But the gang members in the area was always cool with me because they knew I wasn't affiliated on that level. You know, right. I was just, you know, I just went to school, came back, I made them laugh. I knew they, I knew their nieces and nephews because the younger siblings that was associated with the gang members, we all went to school together occasionally. So it was yeah. always cool, man. It was, it was never nothing weird. Um, and then even in high school, I hung out with gang members, but um, as long as I, I made them laugh a couple of times, I told some jokes, did some impersonations, they never they never had an issue with me. And I realized that they was cool with me because I made them laugh and that was it. And they, it, they would drop me off and to school and, and, and all that kind of thing. So right. I got through just on good really just on good vibes alone right. is what, what got me through man but i ain't gonna say that let me not say that my mother i know i had a mother that was praying for me mm -hmm. and so i remember when i was like 10 years old my mother prayed you know i remember her praying for me she's like you know god uh just you know keep keep london so busy you don't get caught up in the streets right and um i was always doing plays i did sports and different things like that so i got i got through now, do you feel that God was protecting you your whole life going through that, you know, the environment that you were brought up in? How do you feel about that? What's your take on that? Man, I had a whole, I had a lot of people praying for me because under the circumstances, I should have been a, um, a statistic easy, you know. Um, statistically, I was prone to all the gang stuff in the 90s in L.A. As far as I remember... Um, there's an infamous case uh, of the shooting of Natasha Harlins. Natasha Harlins back in the night, I think it was like 92. Natasha Harlins, that whole situation was at a corner store. At the corner, that, that's, that corner store was on my block, you know? 
So we talking about the Rodney King situation. We talking about the, we talking about L.A. when it was like L.A. the real L.A. of, of, of riots and yeah. um and that's so so that was my era of just being in the in the mix. But I know that people were praying for me, man, because I mean I could have easily got wrapped up and caught up, man, because uh, I was just a, I was just around the atmosphere of it, and right. um, I remember it t- I was so I was so involved around street people that it was low key. Uh, ex crackhead who showed me how to cut hair when I was like 13, 14. And um, I went to the rehab center. Um, the rehab center was connected to my church. So um, basically, I would go, I, I would hang around the, the rehab center. And mm-hmm. um, I remember ex, we talking about ex gang members, ex murderers, ex, ex whatever. It was yeah. all in the mix. But there was the I always saw these guys as just very solid men, you know, in my life. They just kind of gave me the game. They showed me how to make a tie, and they right. talked to me about relationships. They talked to me about the street life. They talked about just how to be responsible. Because a lot of times, you know, with street people, they got a lot of game, even though they, even though their path has gone off course. After you do time in prison, and you come back, and you really kind of get your life together. You got a lot of information to help somebody else. So I got a lot of that information where they were, they were able to give me the game. Um, mm-hmm. So through that, I realized that people are people, man. And right. so just on the strength of that, I know that God placed certain people around me that allowed me to kind of keep uh, keep myself in order, man. Not that I'm perfect. I ain't nothing. Right. I ain't nothing of nothing. But uh, the... the the little bit of focus I've been able to have, I know comes from people praying for me and that kind of thing. Absolutely. So now I'm going to ask you a question about the youth, man, because I feel like there's a lot of stuff going on with the youth right now, you know, the violence and just the culture in general. Um, I know for a fact that it used to be, you know, when they saw, I'm just going to speak about certain gangs, when they saw someone that looked like they had potential or those dreams, they were like trying to keep things away from them, kind of shelter it from them. Um, nowadays, I feel like a lot of the people have kind of gone away from that mentality, and it's kind of just whatever you want. Here you go, you know, passing on to everyone. Yeah. Um, what is your take on the direction of the youth, this current state, and uh, what can we do to improve that? You know, the mentality of the youth. I, you know, I think honestly, I think it takes a lot of. <sighs> I think people got to really talk to them in a honest and pure and in a real way in the sense that I remember growing up in the eighties, it was only a few occupations. Like you'd be a teacher. It was like a doctor, teacher, lawyer, and then an athlete. This is back in the eighties. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was only, I remember, that's what I remember hearing. It's like only like four occupations, four or five occupations. And no one told me that I can be, a barber, a photographer, or anything like that. So I think that it takes a lot of solid adults to go back and 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 reach out to young people and say, "Yo, man, listen, figure out a focus." But more so, in addition with in addition to the focus, finding like having some discipline. Mm-hmm. D- discipline is everything. You know what I mean? Discipline is everything. It's the thing that sets us apart, but it's the thing that allows us to get 
it's the thing that allows us to get done what we need to get done. And right. I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people today don't have any discipline. It's everyone governing themselves with no accountability. And and I don't, I don't even mean to, I don't mean to get this deep, but pause. But I think that like people got need need some sort of spiritual base of something on some sort of level. You need you. You can't walk, you can't you can't walk this earth alone. Like I know I have all kind of people. I got atheists and different people that follow me. But I'm like on some sort of level. I ain't gonna, I won't even I won't even say I won't say God for people that don't believe God. You just need something outside of yourself that to be accountable to to get yourself through this, man, because I I know at least for me, I ain't nothing, bro. I, I, you know, I, I know I need help. Explain, explain a little bit about that. Why do you say that you're nothing? Why do you feel that meaning, way? Meaning, I know that I'm something, but in the in my humility of understanding that with God, through God, by way of God, mm -hmm. in comparison to, I ain't nothing. I don't deserve. Gotcha. Whatever success, whatever people think that they feel like, you know, I know people see me on TV shows or I have friends who think, you know, I got a little, they like the way I dress and think I'm cool and all that other surfacey stuff. But I'm saying that I don't deserve anything, bro. You know, I, right. there there have been situations, uh, I've been in the middle of drive-bys and all kinds of stuff where I should have been gone. I should have been shot. But I know somebody was praying for me, you know, that uh, someone's praying for me is what allowed me to survive a lot of different stuff. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So by when I say I'm not anything, I'm just speaking from a space of humility, you know, um, because right. like, bro, like these things, like even when it comes to my career and different things like that, when I, I, I did a TV show called Ballers on HBO. And I didn't have an agent or a manager. And the fact that I was able to be, the fact that they were even looking for me for mm -hmm. that project. Because with a big show like that and a network like that, yeah. usually you need agents, you need some people in, you need to be connected to people in Hollywood to get in, in the just to get in the rooms. Right. You gotta, you gotta have people in, you gotta know, you gotta have some, not to be funny, but the real, real rap, you got to know some Jews. You got to be connected to some white folk to get in the rooms. So the fact that I was able to get in the rooms just on people inquiring about me, I know that's God, bro. They ain't got nothing to do with me. I wasn't even, at the time, I was working as a choreographer. I was working on, I was dancing, working on some <laughs> project. Man, I was out the, I was out the mix. I was still right. doing, I was doing, working, I was doing, um, I was doing stand up at the time, doing some acting classes, some free acting classes, and then my my side hustle was choreography. I was making some little chump change, working on some projects like that. So, right. you know, I just know that, and I, and I always try to be very um, vociferous about the idea that I know that you know I always give praise to God, man. God worked it out, bro. That's good, man. That's good that you're aware of that, you know, because a lot of times, 
you know, some people have this self-made mentality, and I've never really agreed with that idea. I'm Sam, bro. You know, so many people are like, I'm self-made. I made it out of the mud. I did it on my own. I'm like, bro, somebody helped you. I don't care what you say. You may not give them credit, but somebody, even if it was your hater, even if it was your enemy, somebody yeah, was man. there in your corner to make you want to go that much harder. Somebody That's was the there that was influencing you to be like that, you know? Absolutely, bro. That's what I'm saying. Self-made, I, I get, I get, I understand self-made. I understand the idea. People talking about chasing the bag. I understand why they say these things, but there's no way that that's why I always try to be, especially at whatever interview I do, I yeah. try to be very clear, you know, not, for, first of all, not to be one person in, in, on the gram or one person in the interviews and then another person in person. I know, and, and, and this is my way of just, so that, you know, this is my small way, my small way of just acknowledging right. God so that God, because look, the minute the minute I start getting off track and thinking that it's actually me who did this and who set it up and, uh, hey, man, I got these gifts and it's just, when I start moving like that, I know my life going to change, man. I, I, I would much rather keep myself grounded, you know, and I, and I try to stay on the ground because when I fall, it's not if I fall, but mm -hmm. when I fall, I won't be very far because I'm already down here. So I don't, I don't right. need... I want God to come in and say, oh, Lenny, you think it's about you? He, he snatched all my stuff. I'm like, no, right. no, 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 I want you to do it. I, I'm going to keep myself grounded. But it's important to know that because a lot of people really think it's about them, bro. And, it, and it's crazy because when we start thinking like that, that's all that stuff is, is just, I, I just never been that kind of guy. I can't give with that energy. Of thinking, absolutely. I wouldn't even, but like you said, even <clears throat> even if you like to just think that it was totally you, I'm, I'm I think about high school teachers. Uh, shout out to Mark Swinton. Think about my acting coach Byron Nora. I think about my mother who was praying. The mm -hmm. people at my church who was praying. I think about the people, my family, my friends, anybody that was praying. Who who said a little something? They said, "Yo, God." watch over London or even people who send positive vibes who just say yo man do well on that project who meant it from their heart right. I appreciate all of those people man all that stuff helps uh, to keep, to allow me to be in this particular space it's not about me that's silly bro people who think like that man that's an insecurity at the core of it is insecurity right. for people to really think that it's about them they gotta, they gotta exert themselves in that sort of way it definitely it takes, is. Bro, it takes way more. You have to be way more of a secure person to be able to give it up and say pause and be able to say, yo, this person helped me to acknowledge them. Let me give them their credit. Mm -hmm. what, what? That's corny, bro, to, for a brother, to, for say anybody to be like, I got here on my own. Right. That's, it's disrespectful to everybody that helped you become who you are today. You know, uh, I feel no, like we silly. all learn. We all learn from experiences we go through in life. Absolutely, you know what I'm so. saying. And 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 those experiences you go through, you really don't have control over the environment or the different variables that play a part in making you who you are today. You yeah. know, people we meet, the the way we feel about this certain individual when we 
have interactions with this person. It all causes us to have this change to our character. You right. know what I'm saying? So a lot of people that go through trauma, you know, it's certain trauma that causes them to change who they are as a person. So what I reason I bring that up is because it doesn't always have to be that that uh, role model. It doesn't always have to be that positive influence that had an impact mm -hmm. on your life. Sometimes it could be that one person that pissed you off so bad that you got your act together. You know what I'm saying? Bro, Sometimes I'll give you this one. That's not, not because you all, I'll give you this one. My first agent, or one of my first agents, he said to me, he said, um, they wanted me to go do, they wanted me to do some kind of like beer commercial. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I didn't want to do a beer commercial because at the time, I had a show on TV, but I was still working in the after school program. I was still working with kids, right? Right. And um, they, my aides wanted me to go do some beer commercial. And I was like, man, I don't want to do that. You know, they was like, man, come on, that's a lot of money. It's an international. You can book it. I was like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. And then they said to me, being mean or whatever they, you want to call it, he was like, uh, "Man, you lucky we should. You lucky we even want to represent you." I was wow. Like, man. I was like, "That, that sounds kind of weird." I didn't know. I was like, "What was up with that?" And um, so, long story short, I parted ways with them. So, to the point that you're making, sometimes it's like that. Like I know that, and this was I did. This was that that, com that conversation happened like 2013 which was mm -hmm. like months before I had an audition for HBO Ballers. And so I know that when HBO Ballers dropped mm -hmm. and he looked up and he saw me in the trailer, I know there was a part of him that was just like, yo, that's, we had that client. Like, well, that's why right. sometimes it's not, sometimes again, it's just understanding that like, you, as you mentioned, sometimes the people that hate on you can be a lot of drive and inspiration for you. That's why right. actually on, on one of my last posts that I did on my page was when you understand that the haters that you have in your life, it's not personal when they hate on you. You just, right. you are a reflection of the lack of progress that they see when they look at you. When you understand that, you don't take the hate personal. You you, right. you say, oh, okay, I get it. And so I realized that because early on I used to be you, you always tripping off the people hating on me and, and bothered, and it ain't personal, man. It, you, the, the haters ultimately are just folks who haven't figured out what their gift is yet. They haven't figured out what their purpose is. So they're going through life, and they're watching you, they're watching me, they're watching anybody progressive. Mm -hmm. and they're feeling some type of way when they shouldn't but those are the insecurities that people deal with i'm like listen everybody has something great that they're good at everybody has a purpose everyone has some sort of thing that some sort of reason of why they were placed here mm -hmm. but those who who take a moment to discover and tap into why they're here they become successful because they're moving in their gift. And the right. other people just haven't moved in it. Part of the reason they haven't moved in it because they're so busy staring around looking at everybody else. And try I'm like, listen, forget looking at everybody else. Figure out yourself. You do something great too, bro. I know ain't no special people. 
Everybody right. got something special that God gave them. It just depends on the people who take who have enough discipline and enough focus to tap into that. And focus is a is a big deal, man. I find like that's really the key to finding out what your gift is. You know, a lot of times not everyone's gonna have the obvious gifts. You know what right, I mean right, by right, that right. is like right those natural talents, like oh, you're a good basketball player, football player, athlete, or you're a singer. Like that's obvious. You sing and it sounds good. You know, you know what really taught you. You just kind of born with it. You knew you were born to sing. But some people they have those unique talents, those unique gifts, where it's like, man, unless I really explore my options mm -hmm. and, and and different experiences, sometimes you don't even know what you get at until you try it. You know what that, I'm saying? That right there, that, and that was that's always been my thing. This this goes back to why I was dealing with why I was a teacher and while I worked in after school programs, boys and girls clubs, and so forth. Is you mentioned something earlier on, but my whole thing has always been to tap in with young people mm -hmm. to help them to figure out to help them figure out what it is they're supposed to do. You know, it, the thing that we do really, really well with the least amount of effort is the gift. If I remember what what an old you told me one time, he said, "Man, you got to tap into what do you do well." It ain't it ain't on purpose, or it's it's not by accident, rather, mm -hmm. that we do certain things well. But I think a lot of times we just we just ignore it, and we just be like, oh, I, I cook, or man, this natural proclivity to, you know, organize or help people or be a counselor. We gotta tap into that. Our life changes when we're moving in our special gift. You know what I mean? That's why. Once people understand that when you're moving in your gift, your gift is going to make way for all the things that you want to do. I'll give you, I'll give you a regular basic example. When you look at Snoop, we know Snoop as a West Coast gangster rapper. But right. Snoop has done commercials. Work, and when I say Martha Stewart, I'm not saying Martha Stewart because some, sometimes people, I, if I say he, he got to work with Martha Stewart, I know some people think, they think I'm saying, oh, he got to work with some white woman. And that's not the angle I'm coming from. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I'm saying that the fact that he got to work with somebody that's polar opposite of him, you know, right. not the fact that she's white, but the yeah. fact that her whole, she dealing with, Martha Stewart deals with a lot of stuff that ain't got nothing to do with necessarily weed and crips. You know right. what I mean? She in a whole different zone. A whole, a whole different zone. But the fact that he got to work with her and uh, doing that food and cooking and then he got a tv show he got a podcast wardrobe he got shoes and hosting this show but it all it, it all made way by way of his gift to speak to people through music you know what mm -hmm. i mean so i think that a lot of times people just gotta they gotta but this is where the discipline come, the discipline comes in where people gotta really slow down and stop chasing the bag. I know a lot of rappers. I know a lot of homies. Their whole MO is to chase the bag. I'm like, right. man, if you're chasing money, you're always going to be chasing money. But if, you are, if you're going after your gift and seeking your purpose, the money going to be there. People people going to pay. You, do, you focus on what you're supposed to be doing. People will pay you to just do the thing that you are supposed to do. And Absolutely. 
when one thing I found about your when you following your purpose, everything else kind of takes care of itself. I'm because saying, that's your bro. purpose. That's what you're supposed to be doing. You know, God wouldn't give you a purpose for when you follow it, everything else falls apart. You know, Thank your your, you, your purpose was designed for you. So when you're following that purpose, you're doing everything that you're supposed to be doing. So you're going to be taken care of every way, shape, and form. There now it's go. going to it's going to be obstacles because that's part of this life that we live in. Absolutely. But just Absolutely. know that as long as you're following your purpose, you're going to make it through those obstacles because those obstacles is going to end up turning through experiences or lessons to help build you for that next level of elevation. Because that's as long as you're is. on that level or your purpose, it's called elevation. You're going to go reach the next level. And the next level, and the next level. That's the that's the deal, bro. That's why. So, but you know, and that's why if you're doing something, when you live in your purpose and that sort of thing, that is what allows you to get through those tribulations you were talking about. Because you're like, yo, I'm focused on my goal. I enjoy this. It's hardship with it, but because I enjoy it and I know I'm in my element, it allows you to persevere. And that's why that's why when people chase people chase money that's why they're never really quite happy it don't matter how much money you're making if you're not if you're not at peace with it you're not happy with it i don't care how much people are paying you you're gonna burn out you're mm -hmm. gonna get discouraged like I, i'm in the my whole career is based on rejection you know every time I, I i've done several auditions and it's just like nah you you know and sometimes they so cold they don't even tell you you didn't get the part you just don't hear anything they don't <laughs> tell you that the show got canceled you just you waiting around you like man i ain't oh they ain't call me i'm like yo what's, what's good you can be like i'm gonna give them another week i'm gonna give them I'm gonna another give a, week <laughs> i'm gonna give them another week the, my whole career is based on rejection when i do stand up the, right. the, the stand up is like one of those professions i can't think of many but this is one of those professions where you go up there and you do stand up, the audience, the audience shows up to not they show up in doubt. When you go mm. when you go do a when you go to you get a physical, you go doctor exam, you go get your car fixed, everyone's coming to you expecting you to deliver. They it they all their faith in you. They pay you that way, they drive up to your shop, they're like, yo, my brakes are bad, yo. My, you know, I got I got a blister on my toe. Can you fix the? I, I got a cough. They come with anticipation of you helping, or with the anticipation of expecting you to do well at what you do. Stand up mm -hmm. is the total opposite. Everybody comes with their arms. <sighs> Let's right. see if he's gonna be funny. That's the whole thing, you know. So so I'm and and again when I like I said when I audition, it's the same thing where you know when you audition. It's, it's lots of rejection. It's lots of no. The only thing that keeps me, uh, that allows me to get through this is the idea of understanding that this, I know that I'm in, when I'm, I'm, I'm in my element, you know, right. and, and then of course God is all, all up and through this. I can't, excuse me, I don't trust, my faith ain't in man, you know, man is, man, man is up and down, pause, they, they emotionally up and down, they're all, they, sometimes they cool with you, depending right. on how they feel. I can't from I, I don't. And then like uh, uh, even a couple of years ago, we had the pandemic. We 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 did one episode of the show that I'm working on. We did one episode, uh, one yeah, one episode in a month. 
pandemic hit, we were shut down. I can't trust this earthly stuff, bro. My my faith ain't in this stuff. I don't know what's gonna happen. You know right. what I mean? Um, so that's why I just try to just be as thorough as I can be within myself. Um, that's and, real, and, man. You know, that's all. The, the pandemic has definitely um, hit everybody a little bit different. You know what I'm saying? Everyone kind of had their own pandemic, so to speak. Exactly, yeah. bro. It right really on. did. And it also showed you who was really had their stuff together and also who wasn't, you know, having their stuff together. People started to move different, you know. And um, I know me personally, like earlier, we were discussing about being humble. You yeah. know, like we, we go through those different phases in our life. Um, sometimes I feel like the pandemic was God's way of letting people know, like, hey, you've been giving yourself a little bit too much credit. Let yeah. me show you what happens when I remove my hand for a second. You know what just I'm saying? Just for a second. Yeah, yeah Just yeah, for absolutely. a second. Because, you know, most people, they end up going to God when they're in, like, these problems in their life. They're in their crisis. Yeah. Hey, God, please, just, just if you do this for me, I'll never drink again. I'll never smoke again. I'll never do this again. Just just grant me this one thing. It's like, why does it always have to be when you're in a crisis that now you want to reset your focus? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Your focus right should on. always be putting God first um, in your life. And that's one thing I'm big on. And unfortunately for me, the pandemic was a situation where it humbled me as a person. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ended up on a ventilator for 12 days fighting for my life because of the pandemic. Mm. You know what I'm, I'm saying? Glad like, through, That's, I'm, I'm glad I, you made it through, bro. I'm glad you made it through, bro. Absolutely. Absolutely. And everything was on halt. Nothing else mattered. No, my, my goals, my dreams, my ambition, none of that mattered, bro. When you're in the hospital and this whole world, you realize, like you said, I'm nothing, right? You, you realize how small you are. It don't matter how big, how famous, how rich, how yeah. poor. You all come to a point in this life where it's like, all right, what's next? You know what I'm saying? So uh, for me, the, the pandemic was a humbling experience. It, had, it was a huge reset on my life, personally speaking, to the point where coming out of that, you know, I feel like God blessed me with an opportunity to to help others focus on others and so that's why the birth of this whole podcast came from it was always about others and so yeah. speaking about your gifts and your talent you know i think it, i think we hit it right on when i when we say your talent is not for you it's actually for others so that's what people when, gotta understand yeah yeah know. so so when god blesses you with the ability to sing that ability to sing is really a blessing for others it's a talent for you, but when other people hear your voice, they're going to be inspired. When other people hear your voice, they're going to get through certain hardships with certain trauma in their life. It's going to be a deliverance for other people, you know? Yeah. Um, and so even for acting, you know, when you're doing your thing as an actor, it's going to be other people that may look up to you like, hey, look, man, this guy made it from L.A. He was out, you know, in that same environment that I said I'm from. It's so many more people that we have an impact on that we don't know. Yeah. Than what I mean, we do sometimes. I agree. I, agree. Um, I, I did a post about that the other day too, which is understanding that our gifts are not for us. So when you understand that your gifts are not for you, it creates a humility because it's like people have to look at the gifts at people have to look at the, at the gifts like a rental car. Like who flosses in a rental car? That ain't yours, but you got to understand that within your heart, 
you know, so many people think that it's about them. That's how, you know, that's why I'm so grateful, you know, with understanding that our gifts are not for us, man. When, because when you understand that, when you understand that your gifts are not for you, your appreciation to be a recipient of the gift changes your whole perspective. It changes your attitude and how you deal with your gift. It changes your reverence for it and it changes your your gratitude and your respect for it. That's why anytime I, I have lots of talented friends, but they aren't moving in their gift. Mm-hmm. And what they don't understand is how disrespectful it is to God to not be moving in your gift. Because you could be anything, you know, especially right. my artistic friends. I'm like, man, you can sing, you can dance, you got poetry, you can paint, you can act, man. And, and, and this is not to say that if they were gifted in something like uh, culinary, even though I look at cooking as art too. But if they yeah. if they were if they did mason work, you know what I mean? They or they did their bricklayer, whatever. Everybody does something. So for you to be filled with this this uh, laziness. And to not to, to have the attitude to to feel like you can sit on your gift is 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 not cool, man. I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm always I'm always pushing. I'm like, man, go, man. Don't you? You can act. You can do this, this, and that. I'm like, go. But see, the people. The thing is, again, this goes back to discipline. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't have the discipline to really focus and and to do what it do what it. Um, do what's required to develop that particular craft. It's like, yeah, you got the gift, but now how are you going to hone it? How are you going to perfect it? How are you going to master it? And a right. lot of people don't have the discipline because they don't they don't have enough focus. That's why my whole thing is I'm always talking about being focused on my page, but part of that is because not because I'm super focused, but because I can not be focused it's important for me to always speak always speak being focused upon mm-hmm. myself so that when i'm not focused i've drilled it so much in my mind of being focused and disciplined my body begins my mind my mental begins to focus in an autopilot autopilot space where even if i don't feel like i don't care what's going saturday friday night i don't care if i go out have a good time go to a party Saturday morning, I gotta be in the gym. Saturday morning or Saturday night, I gotta get into the club. I gotta get, I gotta do the work. I need to be doing something every day that puts me closer to where I want to be. You know, so my whole life is focused on. You know, not that I'm perfect. I ain't nothing of nothing, as I mm-hmm. mentioned, but I'm trying to be. That's my attempt to try to be uh, very focused. Now on set, you you've definitely worked around a lot of talented individuals, people that's really like OGs in the game. Well, very have reached that that the top tier. Yeah, the level. status, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and and um, I always think about uh, Chris Tucker and Dwayne Johnson for you. Yeah. Um, when, as far as being an influence to 
some of the ideas that you have now as an actor? What are, what are some of the things, and even also as a comedian, uh, what are some of the things that you take from them and you apply to your life? Uh, you know what? I'll give you this one. When I worked with Dwayne Johnson on Ballers, I remember I was living at the time, I was living in Miami. And um, I remember one one random morning I got up, you know, use the bathroom or something. It was like three in the morning. And um, for whatever reason, I saw Dwayne on the gram. He was on Instagram, but he was going to the gym. I was like, you went to the gym? It was three in the morning. Our call time, we had to be on set like six, something like that. I was wow. like, this dude in the gym. And when I saw it that particular morning, changed my whole perspective. I was like, man, if Dwayne can get into the gym before it's set, I was like, and he's a, as busy as he is, as big of a star as he is, with the money he's making, with the muscles he already got. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, Lenny, you got to get your, you got to, you can step it up. And so what I started to do was the same thing, which was, um, when I have work in the morning, whatever, I go to the gym before set, and I and 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 what I, what I realize is that that just creates a focus throughout the day, especially mm -hmm. with the especially for the gym, because I don't like the gym. I'm not a gym rat. I'm not. I'm not. I ain't got no shoulders like Dwayne Johnson. None of that. But mm -hmm. part of the reason I go is for my mental. You know what I mean? I right. think everybody needs some sort of mental focus. So I was, I, I started to go, I learned that from him. When he came to Chris Tucker, I remember Chris Tucker, he used to always tell me, he said, London, he say, uh, stay, he said, uh, stay focused, keep humble, and keep God first. Those three things I still very much so live by. Stay humble, stay focused, and keep God first. And so anything I do, that's why I always try to, I always at least try to acknowledge God in these interviews. So, because sometimes, you know, you do, like, in my position, you do an interview, and it's easy because there are a lot of different viewers, and you, you got your followers, you got my followers, and people seeing me, and it's like, man, London, you know, don't want to speak about God too much. Uh, you get weird, and they, London, don't, don't, don't. Anytime I feel any of that. Mm -hmm. No, I encourage it on this platform. That's what we talk about all day, every day. That's why, you know what I mean? So, but, you know, but just thinking that it's so, it's so it could be so easy for me to get in a space where I'm like, I get, uh, you know, coy or, or very timid about mentioning mm -hmm. God. And like, I, I mean, I want to do it because people know me from this project or that project. So let me just keep my cool image. But right. I shut all of that but, down. You know, that that's the thing, though. To me personally, we need more people to be honest about what they believe in because at the end of the day, I don't find it lame to believe in God. You know, although right. people do have different perspectives and beliefs, I do understand that. But at the end of the day, you have to walk in your truth and what you believe. That's the thing. And so that's why I totally agree. I totally agree. And that's why I'm like, man, anytime I feel... If there's ever any part of me that feels like, uh oh, London, you're in front of you're in front of let's just say you're in front of some people or there's some potential followers that that don't do God or Christ or religious anything, are mm -hmm. you gonna be timid now because people around you? You got the the corner boys, you got the you the, the, this 
atmosphere of professional. When I feel anything, I say, listen, let me be clear about what I'm on. God right. is in control of, you know, he's at the head of my life, you know. Right. And I don't feel, I don't shy away from that. I don't care what I do Friday night. Right. You know. That's, you know, that's important, man. That's definitely important. Truth. It is because, you know, that's that compass that we have. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people exactly, living that bro. living their life and not understanding that moral code is a lot important is just as important as how you feel. You that's know, what I'm saying. That's the decisions the, we make every day is influenced by what you believe in. So if you don't like, want to yeah. put your your compass out there for people, people are gonna be confused. They don't. Hey, look, this person don't know what he stands for. You know what I'm saying? Like you need to know well, what do you what do I stand for and what do I want people to remember me for. That's, because at the end, end of the day, day, that's that's your legacy. That is that's what your what legacy is all about. Absolutely, bro. We gotta be we grounded. We gotta be grounded to something. So that's why I don't care what's going on Friday night. And I say Friday night because I like a fun night. Friday night, Saturday <laughs> night, and not that right. it's not about it's not about necessarily uh, religion in the sense that mm -hmm. these ceremonial practices of going to some facility, singing songs, listening to this tradition. Preaching, tradi but I'm talking about a relationship. There we go. With, with, with a relationship with God, being able to say, I don't care what's going on. Hey, God, I know I ain't been perfect. I know I ain't been grateful enough. I know I probably, I've been slipping up this week and I didn't do that. And that was, I was out of pocket with this. But listen, I still want to acknowledge you in all of my ways. I want to say thank you for allowing me to breathe, to, to see, because uh, again, some things we take for granted because right. we just do them so loosely. But I'm like, man, everybody didn't wake up today. And, and not to go into this, but to go into this, when I think about the passing of the recently passing of Kevin Samuels, right? Mm-hmm. What's wild about that is, regardless of whatever his angle was, it's not, it's not about that. What I think about is, again, I'm like, we're talking about a guy who ideally was a well-put-together guy. He, 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 he may not hit the gym, but he, he did a treadmill or something. He was a very clean-cut kind of guy. And whatever his angle was, is his angle. Mm -hmm. What I think about is... When you and and this really kicked into kicked into into an, into a, a real meaningful thought is when I lost my brother in 2015, and I remember being at my brother's funeral, and it makes you think about dang he had a lot of people that loved him and everything funeral was packed. I'm like, how do you want to be remembered? And when I look at Kevin Samuels, I'm like, man, he we talking about a, a well dressed, put together kind of a posh guy. And his life just ended. And right. we're like, man, what I think about too, me and my boy was talking about, and, and this is with all respect, you know, but I think about, I'm like, man, who who was there for him? You know, who mm -hmm. was there to say, we haven't, to this day, I don't know, maybe, I, I, maybe I'm out the loop, but to this day, we haven't heard anybody say, they haven't come out to say anything like, hey, on respect of of Mr. Samuels, can we please, you know, uh, we're not talk ill of him or like, 
We haven't heard anybody who knows him. Right. Nobody, nobody has said anything, bro, to True. acknowledge, to just, just to forget regardless of what you think about him, bro, or anybody. Mm-hmm. His thoughts about any nobody's come out to like speak on his behalf and say, yo, hey man, Kevin was a this, he was a that, he did community work here, he spoke, he did this, he gave back here. So out of respect, like nobody's nobody's come up to speak on his behalf. That's and I important. think about that. I'm like, man, bro. So yeah. it, it, again, people may not remember what you do for them, mm-hmm. but people do remember how you made them feel. And that's the thing that I've always, uh, I'm always thinking about is when I do these interviews or when I do stand up or whatever it is, you know, uh, that, that allows me to connect with people. I'm always thinking about trying to somehow impact them, uh, their, their life in a way where people be like, yo, I didn't really know him. I met him for a minute. I met him on the street. We was in right. the same gym together, but yo, man, that, that he, he was a good dude or he was solid. He was he was thorough or he was at least a good person. He wasn't perfect. I ain't nothing, bro. I ain't perfect of nothing. Mm-hmm. But at least people can feel like, you know what? He was, he was cool. I, I you know, we, if, if it was a relationship, if you broke up with somebody and say, yo, she, she's able to say, Hey, we split, but he was good to, he was good to me. He was, he respected my mother. He respected oh, anybody, bro. Uh, <clears throat> And of ideas, but that's what I be thinking about is how yeah. to how am I gonna be remembered, man? At the end of the day, like I said, as long as God knows that at the my heart was always to be, you know, acknowledge him and whatever I do, I want I want to be funny funny about that. And then with people as best I can in my heart, I try to be honest, bro. That's it, man. I ain't I ain't nothing, bro. But I try to be cool and be respectful of people, regardless of the differences. It's, uh, that's why, you know, I, I don't need people. People always talk about we need more love in the world, and I understand where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. But more than, but more than that, I'm just like, even because love and liking me is emotional, we don't even need that. Just respect. Just I, I don't even need for people. We ain't got. We don't have to like each other. Just mm-hmm. being able to simply respect you and respect me because God made you the same way he made me in the sense that you breathe air like I breathe air, that should be enough. What Liking me is emotional. Right. But just to be able to say, yo, I don't need for racist, I don't need for racist uh, to like me. That's cool. I just need them for respect you. Respect. You, you don't like me because I'm black. And I don't like you because of your attitude. Cool. So, but don't do anything to prevent me from getting ahead. I'm not going to do anything to get, prevent you from getting ahead. Let's just respect each other's differences. Whatever you want to be on. And we know all the different categories that are out now these days. Yeah. I'm like, do you, bro. That's cool. I'm going to do me. And I'm going to stay over here. It's all respect. That's what I be trying to be on, bro. So, right. in, in, in general, that's why when it comes to these interviews and different things like that, I'm always very appreciative, you know, that you guys even reach out to me and, and then we able to set it up and work it out because I understand that sometimes you got a group of listeners and followers that don't know anything about me. A lot of times I know people think of actors as, you know, they have an idea of what they think actors are, but right. this acting thing don't make me, man. This is just 
you know, that's why when I'm, I'm when I'm in when I'm in New York and I'm walking the streets and people are like, hey, what you doing at the regular? What are you doing in the Foot Locker? What are you doing at the? the I'm like, bro, this I'm regular. I just my job is public, but this stuff don't make me. That's why right. I, I'm glad. I'm so glad I come from nothing. And because, I see you. I see you say that a lot too, man. Because like I've I've typed into a couple of your lives, and I've noticed in your lives you're always so just original. You know, you're very authentic with the approach you have to your audience. You know, um, you don't make yourself like I said. You're very humble. You don't really make yourself to be larger than life um, itself. Um, I know there are certain times where you kind of look at it like, well, I'm not. Even in one of your lives, you you didn't you was like I'm not famous, you know. I, I consider well known because I have a public job. That's but it, I, man. You know, but you don't consider yourself to be on that stratosphere of just straight superstardom of fame. You know, I mean, I think I, I think I'm going to I, I, don't get me wrong. I believe I do understand that I'm something special in the sense right. that I know I, I know I'm here for something, but. As far as my my attitude and my energy, man, I look again. I just have a public job. I'm not I'm not here to be dealing in my own ego about right. anything. You know that's why when I when I leave the post that I I post, mm -hmm. I'm not coming out of an ego. I don't. That's yeah. not my hiccup, bro. That's not my bag. I know. I, again, I'm not perfect, but I don't function out of that. I don't function out of the ego, bro. That's not, that's just never been, that's not my bag. I don't need. But that's a good thing, though, because at the end of the day, when you feel that way, that means when you elevate, you're still going to be hungry. You're still going to be just that same humble person. You know, like I interviewed Lunell. I had her on a podcast. And when I was talking to her, I was like, so how did you feel when you made it? And she was like, who are you talking to? Made it? I haven't made it yet. You know, and I'm just like, yeah. do you realize who, like what you have accomplished so far? In my eyes, you have made it. Like, what much more do you want? But to her, she's so like, um, humble with it. She doesn't feel like she's made it yet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. you're gonna. It doesn't matter if you're selling out whole entire arenas. It's still if you have that mentality, you're gonna feel like I'm still me. You know, I haven't. Yeah. I haven't made it. You know. You know what? But, but it's also it depends on also. Um, it was understanding where your bar is, in the sense that, like, when you understand when when your bar continues to, when you when you set a high bar, you're always reaching for it. That's right. one level of it, and then two. Like, I mean, well, that's the that's the main thing. But then also, again, I'm looking I'm looking at this from a God's angle, in the sense that I'm like, man, again. I could not be doing what I'm doing. I could easily, I've had a lot of odd jobs. My life, I really did live the paid and full life. You know, I worked at the cleaners that, uh, hold on, let me not incriminate myself. <laughs> I, I, I just said that way. I, if you've seen paid and full, then you've seen paid and full. At one point, I lived a paid, a paid and full lifestyle, mm -hmm. you know, and so when you come from nothing, it allows you to appreciate most things. And you'd be like, yo, man, this I'm just glad to just be able to simply pay my bills off my art. I don't have a side, like I'm not kind of doing acting part-time. And I'm and this is no disrespect because everybody's on their grind. But it's not like 
I'm a waiter from nine to five, and then every now and again I kind of get the acting thing in. Right. The fact that I can pay my bills strictly off being an artist, that for an artist is major. You'd be like, man, just just living off the art. Ain't nothing special, ain't nothing going on, but just being, or even the fact that I went from, I was able to work from one series. I, went, I did Ballers, and, and that ended in 20, I think, 19, the, mm -hmm. the, the, 20, the summer of 2019, and to go right into another series like, that's God, man. I don't take credit for none of this. The only thing Absolutely. I would say that I did was just the fact that I I just was prepared for, I, I, I always stay working. I took, you know, like I said, taking free classes and I just stay prepared for it. But I give all praise to God, man. This ain't me. I ain't, you know, and whatever with me, you know. Special shout out to the wonderful shows and the cast that you play, you've been on, you know, like, uh, Ballers, for example, that's an amazing series on HBO. I love that, you know. Uh, and then as well as uh, Raising Canaan, I don't want to mm -hmm. have you up here and not speak on that at all. That's a big deal right now, especially you playing the character Uncle Marvin. You know what I'm saying? That 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 was that character is very, how can I put it, exciting to watch on screen because you you really embraced that role and, and you made it entertaining to see. Um, how much of that character would you say you had an influence on as far as making it the character so lovable and then hateable at the same time? Like, how was that? How much of that influence did you have on that part? You know, when it, when they create these characters, it's our job as actors to bring these characters to life. So, for me, when 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 we when when we audition for these characters, a lot of times the writers don't know necessarily who these characters are so when we go into the audition we got to make them we got to give them a voice and make them somebody so mm -hmm. for example the thing that i brought to marvin was the eating um that people tend to enjoy i i came to the executive or the show creator i said yo i would like because london likes to eat so i was like yo i think it'd be something you know and also coming from theater and theater we learned to always keep like what we call busy work. Um, mm -hmm. I always like to have some sort of small nuance of an activity going on. Even when I'm not speaking, <clears throat> there's something interesting about the character. So right. I came to them, I said, yo, I think it'd be cool. We should make mom and eat. You know, I, I, I like the idea of that. And, and it was super cool. Shout out to Sasha Penn, the creator and executive producer of the show, the writer, head writer. And mm -hmm. he was like, yo, all right, we can we let's let's we can do that. And he understood immediately. We did that, and that's why every episode or every scene or something, you catch Marvin snacking. He just finishing some food. From I mean, there's some scenes where he doesn't eat. That's because you know uh, Marvin's in some other headspace. But right. <clears throat> in general, pause. But in general, we we create some sort of food activity with Marvin again, just for interest and. That takes a lot of concentration because people got to understand that whatever I decide to eat on the set for that scene, I got to do that for 20 some takes. So wow. well, all you, you know, most of you guys see is a two minute scene, but we right. shot it 50 times or no, 50 may be a little exaggerated, but at least 20 to 30 times because they, right. we're shooting the same scene from everybody's angle. So let's just say it's 10 times. It's 10 times where you guys looking at Marvin, 10 times where you're looking at 
rock. Ten times when you're looking at me and rock. So it's mm-hmm. like thirty times, and I'm 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 chewing, you know, uh, a, a a bite of an apple. I gotta take the bite of an apple each time. That means the the crew person, the head of um, the head of props, you know, and stuff like that. They gotta bring. They gotta refill my my Chinese cup up. They gotta refill the water every time I sip. I gotta sip on the same lines. So it takes. It actually takes a lot. It takes a, a lot of concentration to eat and do the lines and play the emotions, mm-hmm. um, and, and and understanding all the dynamics emotionally and play the accent. Because I'm from L.A. I'm L.A. Right. L.A. You know, South Central L.A. So I'm playing. Marvin is from Southside Jamaica, Queens. So I got to play the New York accent, make sure my LA accent don't come through and all this other stuff that, you know what I mean? Uh, So those are the kind of things that I try to bring to Marvin so that he's he's not one dimensional. Like he he got some other stuff. That's why people, when, when, when they watch Marvin, sometimes they upset with Marvin. Sometimes they laugh with Marvin. They're annoyed with Marvin. And you know, uh, there, there's a lot of different things that people feel when they watch Marvin because those are all the layers that I'm trying to bring. It ain't you can't you can't look at Marvin and be like, oh man, he just he's the irresponsible uncle that eats food. You can't mm-hmm. say that. Marvin is he loyal? He come through for the family when he got to retaliate with the blicky. He out there. He, he he out there with that. But then sometimes, you know, he got anger issues. Right. He snapped on his daughter jukebox, but then we, sometimes you catch him, like in episode four when he with Tony, he in Mac mode. He mm-hmm. that's a little that's, he, so. There's all these different things. That's why you know it's a lot to his character, a whole lot. See, yeah, season two, I think people are gonna really be able to see a more grounded version of Marvin and be like, oh, this is why he was like this. He's working on himself. He, mm-hmm. he he's trying to these layers, but when they set him off. Uh, they set them off, so we'll we'll see. <laughs> now, look, I know you're a busy guy. You got a lot to do, man. So I got two more questions for sure. you. I'm gonna let you go. Sure. So the first question I have to ask is, as far as your character, uh, Marv, what did you like the most about playing that role, and what did you like? What was the most challenging? The most challenging I know was the scene with me and uh, Ju- Marvin and Jukebox when he had a, he, he came after his daughter like that. That was difficult, bro. I had to really talk to my piece. I know, you know, part of LBGT, you know, I had to really talk to him. It's like, is this real? Or is, are the writers just trying to create some drama? But mm-hmm. when I spoke to them, they said, yo, man, this is a real thing. Like, people really, daughters and different people that come out to their parents, their parents do snap. And we got to think, this is back in 91. It wasn't as liberal as it was now. Mm-hmm. Armin is an old school father, and when he found out about his daughter, that was he was he went on one. You know, so that scene was the most difficult. Yeah. Um. The most I think you said the easiest or the most fun part. Or most part, fun or, part. Like, what did you like the most be, about um, playing the character? I like the I like the fact that Marvin is not in one box. Like, for example, like the other characters kind of boxed into something. Like Rock can't necessarily be she can't be funny. Cause she's in charge of stuff. She got to run stuff. Neat mm. can't be Neat can't be funny or goofing around and crying and all that other stuff because he's running his operation. Lulu can't be every, like 
all the the other characters, I feel, I, now this is my perspective. The other characters are kind of locked into some stuff. Mm-hmm. The cool thing of, that I like about Marvin is that Marvin can be, he can be the, in the villain in the sense that when he needed to retaliate against Unique, he can come out with a gun. If he need to be a Mac and talk to the chicks, he can flirt with Tony. He can be charming. He be he can be charming. Marvin mm-hmm. can be a villain. Marvin can be irresponsible. He can be funny. He can be well dressed. Whatever it is, Marvin, I like the palette that uh, we've been able to create with Marvin, um, so that Marvin's not in any box. So that freedom as an actor allows me to play a lot of different things. You know, where like I said, you might laugh, then you you might be mad, and then you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna feel Marvin when. When, as far as when when Marvin want to get revenge, he want to fight. Mm-hmm. You on his side, but then if, if Marvin's irresponsible, you're like, oh, Marvin, what you doing? Marvin can eat. He cannot eat. He can talk. He can be silent. Whatever it is, with a he gun, he's a jack of all trades. He can do it all. And that's what that's the that's the the fun part about playing a character like Marvin is that Marvin is not uh, in a box. Absolutely. So look, everyone is definitely looking for season two. We know it's going to be great. You know, y'all to set the ball really high, man. Really high. You know, I think right I think y'all came into the game with the with the expectation already set high just from being a part of the power universe. You yeah, know, yeah. so so the expectation was really high, but y'all delivered. So now man. it's like people are going to expect the same thing, if not more. Yeah, and, right, you know, right following on. suit, man. So. I really want to say I appreciate your time coming through uh, to the podcast. It was a blessing to have you here today. Thank you, man. I feel like a lot of people is going to get a lot of the message, a lot out of the message that you shared with us. You dropped a lot of good gems for us as well, man. So God bless you, your career, everything that you got going on. It's a blessing to have you again, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate it, bro. I can't wait for the next interview, man. Thank you for having me, reaching out to me, brother. Peace and blessings to you, man. Thank you so much, brother. I appreciate you, man. God bless. Peace, man. Thank you so much for making it all the way through another great episode of King Legend Talks. I truly hope you feel motivated to go out and make your dreams come true. If you would like to stay notified on what's happening next and stay connected within the community, please follow the host on social media at KingLegend757 or visit our official website where you will find the video version of this interview at www.kinglegendtalks.com. Thank you so much for your support and may God continue to bless you.